0: Everybody, welcome to another episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host gourmet I am. I always say I'm glad to have you here with with us, and I am. But it's you know, it's always good to know that you're out there listening to the forum. And it's time for me to bring you the story of yet another dude who has struggled with weight issues and wants to tell you his story. And I'm excited for you tonight to meet Justin Campos. Justin, how you doing tonight?
1: I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good.
0: I'm doing good. I'm glad we're we're making this happen. Um, I've got I've got some hard hitting questions for you later, but we're gonna start with with an easy one, and and that's Justin. Tell us what qualifies you to be on the Fat Guy Forum.
1: Oh gosh, um, <clears throat> I mean I used to be really fat, so <laughs> I feel like that's the that's probably one of the the biggest qualifications with being on the Fat Guy Forum, and you know I've been through. A, you know same thing as what the majority of your guests have been through you know that crazy weight loss journey and the ups and downs and you know the failures and all that crazy stuff so yeah i'm i'm excited that you asked me to be on for sure um was really looking forward to it i was thinking about it all day so i'm excited to get into it
0: awesome man and so take take us back did you grow up as a bigger kid or did your weight come on to you later in life like how how did it all because i know you you hit a pretty heavy peak there eventually like how did it all develop for you
1: well, I mean, yeah, I've, I've always been, you know, probably since the age of seven or eight was pretty chubby. You know, I was a, I was a hefty kid. You know, I was a kid in school that my dad would you know, take us to to the Walmart and take us to the wall of sweats. And if you're anywhere in your thirties, you thirties, plus you remember the wall of sweats. It was just literally a giant wall of sweats. Um, and that's what our uniforms were. Me and my brother were Husky boys and, you know, it's uh that kind of continued all the way through being a teenager through high school you know obviously into adulthood and then one day you 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 snap out of it and you figure out you know okay i'm gonna do something about this finally and take control back so and that's what happened
0: and during during your growing up man like did and or even during that you know coming up before you hit your heaviest weight like were you conscious of your weight? Were you trying to lose, like trying diets or was it kind of more, you just accepted that that's who you were and kind of lived your life that way?
1: It was always tough for me to accept the fact that I was big. Um, because I always, I always justified me being big with, I also played sports. So I, I was, I justified Okay. If I'm gonna be big, I'm not going to be strong. So I kind of got into lifting weights and You know, playing football and stuff like that. And over the years, when you're when you're six foot four and you're you know you're four hundred plus pounds, you know it's it's it becomes really uncomfortable to be heavy. You're no longer big for a reason. You're just big for no reason. You know. So. And what
0: do you think? What do you think brought the weight on for you? Like, was it really? Related to your eating habits, you know, was it your relationship with food? Was it circumstantial? Was it a lack of knowledge about nutrition? Like, what, what do you think really contributed to your your weight?
1: I think a lot of it comes from just like you know the the habits that I formed as a kid. You know, growing up in a household that it was completely normal for us to to go to Denny's at 11 p.m. and eat a, and eat the you know the moons over my hammy or the grand slam breakfast as a 13 year old kid. You know, that was normal for my family, you know, or when you get together with all your, you know, your siblings and your cousins, you, you know, you, you pick out, you, you order 10 stuffed crust pepperoni pizzas and it was just kind of the normal. So when you, when you think that's just how things are, you, you don't really realize the problem until one day it starts to take effect on your health.
0: And so take us through that because you, you, what was the highest weight you reached ever, man?
1: My highest weight I ever recorded was 428.8 pounds. And I do believe that I was heavier than that. Um, But I kind of got to a point where I just stopped weighing myself because it depressed me to a level of, you know, I'm sure we all have been through that where you, you step on the scale and even though you have one or two days of eating right, or maybe exercising, you're still gaining weight because, you know, as someone that's obese and that, has been very heavy. We, we don't know what the hell we're doing. You know, we need all the help we can get. And it just took some time to figure out, you know, so 428.8 pounds was my, my highest recorded weight.
0: What brought you to get on the scale at that point? Like what was going on that you, you were getting into this mode of, of trying to figure things out?
1: It kind of, it kind of came down to. You know, some some crazy things that happened in my family with my father being sick and, you know, as a direct result of him having poor health and being overweight, you know, he, he had kidney failure at a young age, had a kidney transplant. We thought everything was going to be okay after that. A few years goes by, he's still unhealthy, still having bad habits, and he had a stroke and got really sick, um, couldn't take care of himself he lived for three years after he had the stroke and he was completely immobilized, paralyzed, couldn't do anything for himself. Um, and it just, it just oh, it awoke this crazy motivation in me of, I don't want to die <laughs> and leave my family at a young age. And at this point in my life, I'm on the same exact path that my dad was on, but I'm, I'm heavier at this age than my dad was. I'm actually in a worse position so it kind of made me think okay if my dad died at 55 I might die at 45 you know so unfortunately I put it on my Instagram story today you know someone asked me what keeps me motivated that keeps me motivated unfortunately it's from tragedy but I think about it all the time
0: well I think that, I think that makes sense and I'm so, one I, obviously I'm, I'm sorry that you had to go through that you know and, and lost him and I I think it sounds like, though, that's a really strong motivating force there, though, like to to see that actually to see that poor health play out and know the impact that it had on you and not wanting to kind of travel transverse that impact. And now I'm using words that don't make any sense, you know, (laughs) transfer that impact, transfer that impact, you know, to the to the people that love you and your family. And um, so. You, you you saw four hundred twenty eight point eight, and I love that your highest weight is four twenty eight point eight. It's not four twenty nine. It's not four thirty. It's not four twenty. And there there's a I, I've mentioned this on an episode before. Like there's there I don't know if you know who Vinny Tortorich is, but he's a he's a guy he he's kind of on the keto chip. Like he created this program that he calls No Sugar No Grains NSNG, and he talks all the time when he deals with his clients, and he asks them what their weight is. They're always like you know. 327.4 327.6 like it's as big people like those numbers like those points actually make you know can be important to us so like I, I like seeing that you know you you you're you're holding the line it was 428.8 not not an ounce over not an ounce under well that that's where it was
1: it's been there and that's that's that number where i got on the scale that day and i you know it's like holy shit. Okay.
0: And had, and like, let's talk, it you know, because as someone who was over 400 and over 500 pounds, like I know what it can be like to see those numbers. Had you seen, like, did you know you were over 400 pounds at that point? Or was that really the first time it was cemented in your mind?
1: I got heavier quickly over about a year's time. So 2016, I would say probably June or July, 2016 to June, July, 2017, was a really dark time for me because of all the stuff with my dad. I really shut down, you know. I started just neglecting everything in my life and finding that ultimate comfort in food and secret eating and binge eating. You know, hiding all the food that I was getting at the gas station and eating it on the way home from work so my wife wouldn't find the wrappers. And I would stop at another gas station and throw the wrappers away. Um, you know, it it just got to a point where I lost control. And it just, it just contributed to me being really stressed out and overwhelmed with that situation, you know?
0: And isn't it wild how, cause I, have been talking to a lot of people about that right now, you know, we're recording this obviously in the middle of the, the fun quarantine time. And, you know, like it's, we all kind of are, are dealing with this desire now even to turn to food for comfort, but we know in the end it's going to, it's going to lead to something worse. But you still do it. You still do it. Like you can get into that place, and when you get into that place and you're stuck there, it can be hard to pull
1: yourself out of it. It can. It's a it's a really slippery slope, and <clears throat> especially and you know people that haven't ever had um, issues with a relationship with food or a negative relationship with food, whether it's you know being anorexic or being obese. I feel like there's two sides to the you know bad relationship with food. Mine was overeating um they, they don't understand how dark of a path that can be and how easy it can happen you know it starts with that single row of oreos and before you know it you're eating an entire pack in your car <laughs> you know um it's it's a slippery slope for sure
0: oh it is and it's 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 something that you know it's almost like we dive it's like we dive onto a slide and just let it come like once you once you open those floodgates like it's it's pretty easy And when you're a bigger person, even when you like you weren't, you know, as big as you got, but you were a bigger person, like it's really easy to sink deeper into food and to find that, you know, find the weight just pile on.
1: Absolutely. And it's, you know, I feel like a lot of obese or overweight people struggle with that same mentality of, well, you know, I did eat clean and I did work my butt off for 30 days and I barely lost a pound. And then they give up. They're like, you know what, saying? Screw it. I'd rather be fat than be miserable. You know, I'd rather enjoy food and eat and do whatever I want and be fat. If I'm going to be fat anyway, why why kill myself trying to lose weight? And until you figure out that perfect, that perfect, you know, algorithm for your body, whether that's DSG, whether that's keto, whether that's, you know, just really strict caloric deficit or intermittent fasting, you won't get, you won't have any progress and you'll continue to like this be stuck, you know? For sure,
0: man. And so let's let's get into what changed for you. Like what. What did you do to get started? Like, how did your how did you take us into like what what your weight loss journey has been?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I started by one. I, I started the Fluffy Guy Fitness page just to start really holding myself accountable and using it as like a, you know, a log for my journey in trying to lose weight. But I also kind of use it as like a a a comedy outlet, you know. I think it's funny, you know, Fluffy Guy Fitness, you know. And it just took me some time. I started connecting with with people in the weight loss community, and I I met some really awesome people. And I started asking them questions. What did you do? How did you start? It was very simple, and almost seems too simple. But these questions helped me figure out my path, which uh, in 2000 uh, about August September in 2017 at the peak of my weight I I reached I re- I started researching weight loss surgery I started researching you know weight loss management classes and I found this place here in Indianapolis called Community North uh, Bariatric Center so I reached out to them and they said look obviously our first choice for you is not to have 85% of your stomach ripped out Okay. We, if we can figure this out with you learning how to portion control, you know, you know, discovering good habits for yourself, maybe figuring out your trigger foods and what pushes you down that dark path. Let's do that. So I got into, I got into like a weight loss management class, which even though I was 430, 428 pounds, I felt like I didn't belong there. I felt, I had this really weird mentality. Like, I hate to even say it like I'm not here yet I don't belong here why am I here so I kind of had like this weird back and forth with it and I didn't really go to classes and I started missing and before you know it you're back off the wagon and trying to figure it out again you know so as I got deeper into this these classes which took me about a year um, I, I decided to to move forward with weight loss surgery I feel like that was, that was one of the things that I, I've, I, I did everything else right with lifting weights, with, you know, trying to buy the good groceries and trying to live a healthier lifestyle, but I could not control my portions. I just, I just couldn't, I could not hit a caloric deficit. I tried for years and I didn't realize how important that was to losing weight fast. And um, You know, things like keto and things like weight loss surgery and that stuff puts you into a caloric deficit because you're not able to pig out, you know, Um, and that's that's kind of where I end up. And then, you know, April 18th last year, I had uh, VSG surgery and it changed my life, man. It absolutely changed my life. It taught me so much about food. It taught me it taught me how negative my relationship with food was and how unhealthy it actually was. And it opened my eyes to... um, It opened my eyes to just not judging people's paths and not... Because honestly, before I had weight loss surgery, I really, really judged people that had weight loss surgery. And I'm not afraid to admit that now, but I looked at them, like I'm sure a lot of people in the weight loss community do, they look at it as like a cheat. They look at it as an easy way out. But I can tell you... (laughs) It's not. <laughs> you still have to put the work in. your demons don't go away. You know, you still wake up in the middle of the night and want to sneak downstairs and eat. but the only thing is you can't <laughs> unless you want to get really sick. Um, so for people like me that had really that, that struggled with temptation and binge eating and secret eating, that was the best choice for me. Um, and you know, now, a year later, I'm about to celebrate my one year anniversary on the 18th of this month.
0: I know that's kind of exciting. (laughs) Like you're coming up on that one year, man. That's cool.
1: It's crazy. And you know, I lost the majority of my weight quickly, but then my body was just weird. I had to like figure out what worked for me. I had to figure out how to put on muscle while also hitting this major caloric deficit and figuring out how to drink water again and how to just manage my day and figure, you know, understanding that your day revolves around food and nutrition and water for a while (laughs) after you have that type of surgery. Um, So yeah, it's, today I weighed in at 270.4, I think, and I'm I'm right at 100, I'm about to click over to 160 pounds lost, which is crazy to me.
0: And what, Take us, take us into it, man. Like when you have, like knowing that you're someone that dealt with those issues, like that binging and the sneak eating and the secret eating and, you know, dealing with all of that, like what were the immediate changes when you had the surgery? Like, what was that like for you knowing that like you couldn't turn to those coping mechanisms, take those coping mechanisms anymore? Like what, what is, what is life like when not just like you're mentally deciding to not do it, but. Your body basically is saying, "Okay, do this," and we're gonna we're gonna revolt.
1: Yeah, you're gonna get sick. Um, well, honestly, there, there's two different ways to get weight loss surgery. You can go and do it quickly. Some surgeons will just do it for you. They're like, you know what? If that's what you want, we'll take your twenty five grand and let's let's do it. You know. But then there's the way like what I did it, and the place I went to, the bariatric center here in Indianapolis you have to take a year's worth of classes before they even will consider doing it for you. So, my classes were twice a month and you go through nutrition classes, you learn about different types of food and how how proteins affect you and you know, you know managing your dairy intake. You know, also they take you through mobility classes and how to, you know, work out because not, you know, the majority of people that are obese that end up having weight loss surgery They've never even stepped foot in a gym because, one, they're afraid to because they're being judged. Two, they just don't know how. So these this these classes taught me so much about myself, and it was the reason I ultimately decided to do what I did.
0: And so what – like get, get back to what I was talking about. Like so what happened right after – the like what was life like right after the surgery for you? Like what were the big challenges?
1: Mm, instant regret. <laughs> I cried for like four days straight and I don't think anybody I don't know a lot of people that admit that, but I know I'm not alone in that. I, I regretted it. I was I felt like I made the biggest mistake in my life and the reason why is your demons come back. You're like, holy crap. I can't even take a large drink of water because it doesn't fit inside of me. you know and you you're thirsty, you're dehydrated. You're eating soup for freaking three weeks straight. You're only eating jello and pudding pops. So I don't take weight loss surgery lightly. It's it's the ultimate extreme last resort for me. And I I tell people when they ask me, man, you look great. I can't believe you did that surgery. It worked out so well for you. I know so many people that have failed. I know so many people that have gained their weight or never even lost a lot of weight. I'm like, don't get me wrong. I work out seven days a week. I watch everything that goes into my body. I hydrate properly. You know, there's a lot that goes into it. But after surgery, it was it was tough, man. I mean, the like I said, all the demons come back. You wanna you wanna do the bad things, but you just can't. Um, and eventually after your you know, you know, your your depression wears off of all the regret, you, you figure it out. Because you have to. (laughs) Well, yeah,
0: I mean, I I think that's one of the things like one of the things I've learned, like you're you're one of several people that I've had in the show that have had, you know, gastric surgery of some kind. And I think one of the through lines that I've heard from people that I just think there's a lot of misconceptions out there about weight loss surgery, that it's something that people enter into lightly. And I think it's they think it's that it's people are looking for an easy way out. And I think there are. I think with any diet or any any weight loss tool, there are those people. Like there are people that think you know that want to do keto and all they eat on keto was you know bunless McDonald's burgers and and bacon and end up you know with nutrient deficiencies and things along those lines. Like I think it's the same thing with weight loss surgery. Like look, at, if you look at the statistics, like there's uh, you know there's recidivism and there's there's weight regain and there's you you hear the you hear the stories from people themselves about. You know, figuring out that you know you can start drinking milkshakes eventually, and you can start you know getting food in in other ways, and it, it's all about how you use the tool and and how you handle, like you said, the side of it that you have to address. And I think the scarier thing for me when it comes to weight loss surgery is the people that I've talked to, not not podcast guests, but people in general that, that have said, you know, they went into it without ever looking at the mental side of things, like thinking about those those demons and those challenges. And so when they came back they were overwhelmed. So how when when you were for when you're forced out of those coping mechanisms like how did you end up handling those those challenges man like how what was it like for you to face those things without the the old way of being able to tackle them?
1: I'm I'm really I'm a really competitive person <laughs> and I I told my doctor and I'm sure a lot of people that have had this weight loss surgery. I told my doctor, I said, I was like, I'm going to be one of your biggest success stories. And he giggled. He was like, okay, heard that before. And he did. He told me that. And I was like, I'm telling you, watch, I'm going to, I'm going to prove you, I'm going to prove everybody wrong because you know, I I just, I wanted to, if I was going to do this, this drastic of a step, I was going to make it count. And I do feel like a lot of people that get weight loss surgery, they do consider it the easy way out. That's why they get it done. They think, okay, man, I'm, I'm overweight. I don't go to the gym. I have a bad relationship with food. If I just can't eat, it'll fix all my problems. But it doesn't. Those are the ones that you see. They have the really super motivating Instagram for six months, and then all of a sudden they disappear because all their bad habits come back when they figure out, like you said, you can drink your milkshakes. You know, I'm. <clears throat> I'm drinking a white claw as we're talking so like you can eventually you can eventually start to drink carbonation again you can eat cookies you can eat burgers it, it all comes back but if you don't deal with those upfront habits and poor choices you're you're just, you're just gonna gain your weight back and more <laughs> because now you're fat and you can't eat <laughs> you can't eat a lot
0: <laughs> so how did you face them like how are you how are you dealing with all that?
1: Just really got into you know being obsessed with the nutrition side of it. You know, I'm not big on tracking my food, but I just became obsessed. I became obsessed with results and it 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 made me forget about a lot of the things I used to do. You know, um I still get the I still get the cravings and I still get the you know, the whispers in your ear to stop at the gas station and get three fudge rounds and pound them in the car. Um, but I look at myself in the mirror and I see someone that I never thought I would see. That's what motivates me and to keep me going because I don't think the demons of poor nutrition and a bad relationship of food ever goes away. Always going to be there. It's just, if you're mentally strong enough to not listen to them.
0: Oh, I completely agree. Like that was one of the, I recorded an episode yesterday that dropped today with, you know the the guys we call the Fantastic Four and
1: with the boys. <laughs> yeah,
0: one of the, one of the questions that someone asked was like, "Do the mind games ever go away when you lose the weight?" And I, I my immediate answer is, "No, they don't." Like that doesn't, it doesn't go away. Like that, those voices don't ever stop. But you get better at silencing them. You get better at dealing with them. You, and you get better. I think for me, like I would say, like I think for me, I've gotten better at realizing that they are games. And that it's games that I'm playing with myself. And when you can see that, you know it's not that you're gonna die if you don't eat that food. You know, like you're not. It's not the end of the world if you don't eat X, Y, and Z. You know that night. Like it's really more like okay, there's something going on that's making this kind of come into play. And you know, you you have to gain a consciousness of where the behavior is coming from. And I think whatever tool you choose to use, like you're saying, like the full the full application of it, fully committing yourself to it allows you to get better at handling those other aspects you know allows you to build better skills and better tools to, to deal with them and you know we find our way through that and and you've clearly like i mean i think that's it's awesome that we're, we're talking close to your one year I, I know for most people with gastric surgery like the one year is a big deal because they say you know you're going to get the most out of that first year and you know and then you know it gets almost easier you know, you're, whether it's a, you know, a surgery that leaves you with a pouch or not, like you can, you can out eat it. Like you can figure ways around it. If you're not ready, if you're not, if you don't end that first year strong, it sounds like, you know, you're in that place. So like, I think that's really awesome, man. And, you know, so first let's, year let, should be
1: God, Sorry. <laughs> no, you go
0: ahead. You go ahead. No, I want to hear I mean, from you on that.
1: I, I, you know, that the first year was so important for me because I was like, okay, I know that the first year is most important. That's when you're going to get some of the best results because your body is still in like this extreme caloric deficit. And I wanted to take advantage of it. I wanted to get the best results I could. You know, I I talk to some people sometimes, they're like, man, you're only a year out. That's crazy. I'm like, yeah, I I really went hard for the first year. I wanted to take full advantage of this tool that I got because in year three and four and five, your tool is gone. (laughs) It's just it's you're you're solely reliant on the habits you've created, the choices you've made, and this, the the mental strength that you develop through being able to say no. And that's I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to year two, when I can start to really take my nutrition to the next level and maybe start to incorporate a little bit more protein, a little bit more vegetables because you're limited in what you can put in your body in your first year. You know you have to really budget your, you know, the food you put in your body, because if you have one thing that doesn't agree with you, your whole day can be off, you know? So yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what the next few years hold for me. I really am.
0: And what, man, what is your life? So think about what your life was like the day, you know, the week before weight loss surgery and now like, what are what are the major changes that you've seen in yourself and and everything about about your life because of this this journey you've been on?
1: I mean, I think the physical aspect of things is probably the least it's the smallest change that I've had, and that's pretty crazy to say because my physical appearance is drastically different. But my mental my mental state with who I am and my comfort level and who I am and who I've become is so strong. And I've learned to just really appreciate myself and my body and the amount of work I put in. You know, I've developed this, this confidence in myself and who I am. And it's something that I never thought I'd have because as most of us probably that have been on this podcast, especially if you were chubby as a kid or a teen, I didn't have that. You know, I was always the, the chubby kid that was afraid to talk to girls or, you know, if, you know, not, I didn't want to take my shirt off. If they ever called shirts and skins in gym class, I would pretend I was sick, you know. And once you, once you develop that, that, that comfortability in who you are, it's amazing, man. That's, that's the biggest change I've noticed in myself.
0: That's, that's great to hear, man. And one of the things that that's ever present through your journey is, so you've been, you've been married for 13 years. Yes. Is that so mm-hmm. around in there? And what what has been the effect on your relationship with your wife? Like she was there when you got bigger and she's been there with you losing the weight. Like what what is what is what has been the impact, if any,
1: on your relationship with her? Yeah, man, before before I had weight loss surgery, I always said that I I never could understand why all these people that were losing weight were getting divorced and leaving their spouses or cheating on their spouses. Or looking other ways. And I'm like, oh man, that's just crazy. They loved you when you were fat. You should appreciate them. They loved you at your worst. Now that you're at your best, you're going to leave them. You're going to cheat on them. But, <laughs> not saying I've done any, any of that. But when you go through it and you start to change physically, and mentally, emotionally, spiritually, you have a choice in your marriage. Your choice is to grow together and, and to learn this whole new lifestyle together. Or you grow apart, and I feel like growing apart is easier because it takes less work and less effort. Growing together, it, it's so hard because, especially when your spouse is not overweight. My wife is not overweight. She doesn't understand the struggles I've been through. She doesn't understand the the bullying I've I've gone through. You know, when when someone when you're thirteen and someone calls you bitch tits. You know, you don't understand the the mental warfare that that takes on a person. So that's been a big struggle for us is us learning to to kind of take this journey on together. And she's been really supportive with my food and the type of meals she cooks and just, you know, not buying certain things at the grocery store that are trigger foods for me. So there's been a lot of support that way. But if I were to sit here and say that our relationship has not changed since I've lost weight, I'd be lying to you. Um, because it has changed but not saying it's worse it's just different and you have to figure it out it takes time you know
0: no I I think that I think that makes sense and I, I think because we you know like as someone who was big like so much of our identity is put into our size and our weight and how our relationship with food and like it's almost like we build up so much of ourselves as we build up those bodies and when you lose the weight it's almost like discovering who the person is that was kind of buried inside and having to figure out, like, how does that person fit into all these relationships that you already have that are existing, like to all members of your family and all people and friends. And like, what does that mean? And like, it's it could be a challenge. And if you don't pay attention to it, like you said, it's easier to not address it and it's easier to, to, to just let things fall apart and to blame, you know, say, well, you know, you can't handle what's going on with me now. And that's why this is happening. Instead of saying, you know, no, maybe I'm changing how I'm acting and how I'm behaving in a relationship. And maybe I need to kind of be cognizant of that as well. Like, you know, what, how the give and take is affected. And, and so I think that's a good thing to be cognizant of, man.
1: Absolutely. I think, you know, a lot of people that lose major amounts of weight or have any physical transformation, what comes along with that is, um, you know, confidence and, with confidence, you put up with less crap. You know, you start to value what you desire more, what is important to you in a relationship and in a marriage and a partnership. And sometimes that doesn't go over well, especially, you know, if you have spousal jealousy, if you're, if your spouse starts to become jealous of your new attention that you're getting, or the looks, the look that you have, or the way you're dressing, um, that's that's something to think about. You know, Anybody that's going on a weight loss journey, I think that you and your partner should be 100% in agreement before you start. Not saying that it's dependent on their opinion of whether you should do it or not, but I think that up front, there should be a conversation of, look, this is going to be tough. <laughs> These are going to be lots of changes. There's going to be ups and downs. We're going to go on a roller coaster for a while. It, you know, Hang tight. Let's do this together, and we'll come out on the other side better for it. Easier said than done, obviously.
0: No, it's, it certainly is, and and I think if anyone were to look at your page, your your confidence is evident. You've yeah. you know, <laughs> of late, you've you've gotten into TikTok. Is something that that I know that I've noticed. Have, man, you have, have it's it's a, it's a I, dirty
1: shame. <laughs> yeah,
0: well, I mean, as much as there's shame, it's it's not stopping you. Like it's not, you know, you know
1: because it, I really just want to do what I want to do now. Like I I I. I hid my TikTok for like the first six months that I had it, you know, I didn't tell anybody I had it. I didn't post on my Instagram. And I was like, you know what, man, I'm having so much fun doing these stupid dances and doing these comedy skits. And like, I was like, you know what, I'm going to share it because I have so many people that follow me on Instagram that are just so supportive of me and my, what I've done and my journey. I was like, you know, what? let's have fun. Like, let's, let me just show them that, it's okay to be comfortable in who you are and just dance silly and do stupid stuff. Who cares what people think of you? You know, and at the end of the day if I'm happy and someone else doesn't like me doing a TikTok dance then you know that's that's their choice. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I probably, I think it's, a- <laughs> it's funny
0: hey you had Um, to know we were going to talk about it man yeah i figured
1: i figured tiktok was going to come
0: oh and you know there's another topic we're going to get to eventually as well but i'm not ready to go there yet but um (laughs) no but i think it but i think and the reason i bring it up right now is because we're talking about confidence and i think it speaks to like when you reach that point like because i think that's something that i've talked to other guys about like whether it's been on the podcast or even like just in dms on instagram and you know in phone conversations and things along those lines is like it's a change when you've always been that when you're that bigger person it's almost like you train yourself to hide and you train yourself to not be the center of attention or to not even you know express yourself the way you want to express yourself because you're worried about what other people are going to say or how they're going to react or what they're going to think and as your confidence grows you know as you lose weight and you come more into you're, you're becoming more into yourself and I know there's people that are going to hear me say that and be like, are you saying, you know, big people can't be themselves that, you know, that's not what I'm saying, but I think there's a common thread of, of, of wanting to kind of hide and, you know, the bigger you get, the more small you want to make yourself appear to people so that they don't have something else to go after. You know, they don't have another reason to go after. And so like, I think being able to say, this is something I have fun doing and you like it or don't like it. I really, I don't care. You know, like it's, there's a power in that. That's true. There's a real power.
1: Absolutely. In it. Absolutely. And, you know, the body positive people, man, I, I salute the hell out of them. I'm that do do your thing. You know what I mean? Like if you can be out there dancing and your belly's jiggling and you don't give a shit, that's amazing. That's more power to you. But I'm not like that. You know, I had a lot of self-confidence. I wouldn't go to school dances. I, you know, a lot of self-confident issues. You know, I wouldn't want to dance in front of people. Through, through losing weight, I realized, man, like I actually really like to dance. I know that sounds so dumb, but like it's, you know, like, you know, going to like country bars and doing line dancing and, you know, going out and just having a good time or hearing a cool song in a store and really just like being who I am and dancing and not giving a crap who sees me. That's something I, I've figured out. Like it's so important to my weight loss journey that I've discovered that. So TikTok is that outlet for me of being able to jump on there. It's just you and this front facing camera and a stupid song and some funny filters and you can put it out there. And if someone likes it, they like it. If they don't, they don't. <laughs> oh, that's awesome, <laughs> you know? man.
0: And, and I mean, I think also something you could, it's, it's funny because you talk about, you know, the line dancing or a country song, because I think also if people go to your account, they're going to realize that on one slide, it's an R and B song. On the next slide, there's a rap song. And then the next slide there's country music and all the time. What, Whenever I jump onto your story, you know when your stories come up, I'm like, is is this still the same person's stories? Like, what's going on? Like, there's a, you know, but I but well, I think it, I, I think it's great that you're able to, you know, I mean, I, and obviously music is just a thing, but like, I think this idea that you're able to express yourself and not be afraid to do that anymore, you know, is one of those real real victories that you know if someone struggles with with that self esteem issue, like I think. It can be tied to a lot of the things, you know, patterns and habits that we build in our lives that we reinforce when we're bigger. And, you know, and that also can be scary, you know, like realizing that you're going to put yourself out there and you're going to allow people to see what you're doing. And, you know, and that first time that you do it can be something a little, you know, a little trepidation. But, you know, you eventually realize, you know, other people are just doing what they're doing. You know, we we realize that not everyone is staring. It's like you talked about people being afraid to go into the gym like, that's always my advice. Like, I, I get people saying, like, how did you handle going into the gym the first time when you were over 400 pounds? And, and I'm like, you you have to realize that when people are at the gym, they're not there to, to, to sit and scroll through, you know, looking at everyone else who's there. Like, they're there to do their own work, you know, nine times out of ten. You know, they're there to, to, they're worrying about themselves and what other people are thinking about them. And they don't give a flying F what you're doing. Like, they really don't, you know, it's not something, there isn't a, a place of judgment. And yeah, I think let's be realistic. Like, I think it does happen. You know, there are going to be some. There's always going to be people that that kind of break the rule. You know, the other thing I learned too is like, because I, I see that I see, I find myself doing this. Like, especially like if I'm at the gym and I see someone who fits the mold of who I was before. You know, it's almost like I'm, I'm watching what they're doing because I'm admiring the fact that they're there doing the work. You know, and you you want it, you want to you want to reach out, but you also know that you can't just walk up to someone and be like, Hey, you're doing a great job, you know, keep it up because then they're immediately like, Oh, they think I need to lose weight and they think I need, you know, like X, Y, and Z. And who knows why a person's in there. But
1: yeah, because they look at you like, Oh man, this, this skinny guy's coming up to me, trying to encourage me. Like, "I'm you know, you got to put yourself in there. She was mad. Think back to when you were big, if someone that looked like you walked up to him and said, Hey buddy, good job. You were thinking, all right, you're just coming up, congratulating the, the, the big center of attention in the gym, you know, it's all, but, you know, I do go up to people in the gym every now and again, especially if if I see someone that's really struggling with something or really doing something that I know that I've learned the hard way, I'll go up to them and say, Hey, you mind if I work in with you? And they're like, they look at you like, why? (laughs) And then I'll kind of, you know, show them the proper way to do stuff and then we'll kind of work out together for a little bit. And that's something I've done here and there. And I don't post it or put it on my social media because you know I don't wanna put them out there and make them feel c- uncomfortable. It's just a really intimate thing that I like to do every now and again at the gym if it's organic and it, and it happens.
0: Right. You know. And I think that's a great thing. And I, I think you're also spot on. Like someone, if I were to walk up to someone in the gym, they have no idea who I was three years ago. Like right. they don't, they have no idea. I mean, I had someone, there was a new guy started working the desk at my gym and I think I told the story before on here, but um, one day, one more like I, before all this crap started happening and gyms were closed, I would work out at, you know, four o'clock in the morning. And so finally, one day I'm getting ready to leave. It was a little after five and he goes, can I ask you a question? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, how did you do it? And I'm like, how did I do what? And he's like, every day you come in and I look at your picture on your ID, you know, when the, com- the computer scans my card. And he's like, and this is not the same person. And I'm like, what do you mean? And he goes, and he goes here, give me your card. So he he pulls my picture up, and I realized that the picture that the gym had with my ID was me when I was almost five pounds. And he he had, he had just started working like a week or two before, so he had no idea. And he's like, he goes, I actually asked the other woman working today, you know, if you you had taken this person's card, like if you were you know, were swapping cards with someone. And she's like, oh no, he's he's been <laughs> coming awesome. here for a long. She's like, no, he's been coming here for a long time. So we ended up having this great discussion, but it's like, then you realize like, yeah, it's not, you know, it's not always someone who knows your Instagram page and knows the journey you've been on and all those things that's going to see you in those places. So you have to think about what it's like for that person if you're going up to them. So they don't think that you're just this person who's automatically been, you know, 200 pounds and has never dealt with anything else. And, you know, I've, I I almost, it's almost, it's almost like why there are times where I want to get a shirt made that has like my before picture on it, you know, and, You know, and just be like, this was, and just have it say like, this was me, like, you know, like just to to kind of break the ice a little bit, but.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that happened to me at life. I go to lifetime and that happened where guy was like, dude, is that you? I was like, yeah, I think it was me. He's like, we should update your picture. I was like, I don't want to actually, I've been asked two or three times to update my picture and I, I make them leave it. You know, that picture means a lot to me. I want, I want that picture to stay there because that picture symbolizes so much about my journey. I was like, I started coming at that point and now I'm at this point, you know, and what the manager at the gym and right before it closed, I got the coolest compliment that I didn't even know was cool until it happened to me. And I was like, dang, that that was a cool compliment. You know, he's like, Hey, I I just want to let you know, man, I've been watching you, you're killing it. You look like an NFL tight end. And I was like, oh shit, like that's a pretty badass thing to be referred to, you know? And I just thought it was cool. And I, I never thought that that would even be a compliment that I would think would mean anything, but it was cool, you know? So, and it's, well, I, I think it should. I think <laughs> it's
0: well deserved because I think you do, man. Like, when, so let's, so people, so people don't think that your Instagram page is just all TikTok dances and, and weird filtered weird right. videos of you climbing into a giant croc um yeah that was cracking that was cracking me up this week uh, that was really cracking me up um oh,
1: that,
0: that was, was freaking i'm like and i think also i watched some of these tiktok videos and i'm like how do i don't even understand how this works and i part of me doesn't want to know like i'll just let it be the magic that it is but one of the things you've been doing lately too is like you're sharing your at-home workouts for people you know to see what you're doing and see the work you're putting in like how do you feel like so how do you feel like your page has changed since when you started it? Like what's, what's the page about for you now?
1: My page. So in the early, in early March, I took a two week break from Instagram. I deleted Instagram. I actually, I did a permanent delete on it. And if you've ever done a permanent delete, it tells you if you log back in within 30 days, your account will be restored, Right. But I was in a weird place. I was like, you know what, man, people aren't appreciating what I'm posting. I had like these really self-doubt thoughts. And I was like, you know, my story view, and this is so surface and this is dumb to even talk about, but I was like, my story views are like an all time low. My likes on my posts that are all time low. Maybe it's just time for me to move on. You know, maybe my, my, my course has been ran with this. So I had like a weird breakdown. I deleted my Snapchat. I deleted my Instagram. I deleted Twitter, Facebook, everything. I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm done with social media. If I want to come back, I'll start a different page. But being gone for the two weeks helped me realize that I was helping people. Whether I knew it or not, um, there are probably three to four people that have my cell phone that follow me on Instagram. One of them is my buddy Reg. One of them is my buddy Will. Um, there's a couple people, Dre. There's a couple people that follow me. Um, and I got reached out to. They reached out to me. They texted me, dude, are you okay? We miss you. What's going on? I woke up today and I realized your page is gone. And I was like looking for that morning, Monday, pouring the coffee funny thing you do. And I was like, man, that. I guess you don't realize that you can have an impact on people's lives, even if they're not responding to the post they're watching. So I decided I was in, I was in Punta Cana, Dominican Republic for the, for that time. I took a break and decided I was like, okay, I'm going to come back to Instagram, but I'm really going to make it about the journey this time. It's not going to be about anything else except for my fitness stuff. I'm going to use my timeline as photos of myself and like, like high quality photos, you know, stuff where. I'm posing like a douche in the, in public and my wife's taking a picture of me on portrait mode. Like I want to be able to post stuff like that because I like how I look right now. And that's not me being vain or anything or self-absorbed, but I've never felt that, <laughs> you know? So I'm like, okay, I'm going to use my timeline for pictures of me to inspire people that will one day be there. And I'm going to use my story for fitness questions, workouts, that's it. And that's kind of what I've been doing. And now, you know, it's people are starting to respond to the workouts. People are messaging me and like, dude, can you help me with an oblique workout? Can you help me with, you know, how do you do glutes? This, you know, stupid stuff that I learned through trial and error and messing up that I didn't even realize people would ask me about, you know? So it's a, I'm, I'm back to like just really embracing the aspect of helping people and that's what I want to do on my page I just want to help people
0: that's awesome man and and one there's a specific group of people out there that you're helping right now that I, I don't even know if you know that you're doing it um, and that's people that are tragically struck with with tiny hand syndrome <laughs>
1: oh, man, that's you are gross. you're you' you've, oh, you've yeah, become yeah, a champion
0: yeah. for people that have small, comically comically small hands really um
1: oh, man. and so That's were cool. you
0: were you injured as a child like was was is it a <laughs> is it a, a, an issue like where did they, where, oh, it where so for those people that are now thinking that we're two idiots at this point um one of the things that justin has introduced creepily on his page is this weird rubbery tiny hand that pops up every so often and it it freaks the crap out of me. Um, like I, I'm very, yeah. I, it, it's very like you can one, you can, and they're you, sexual, oh, you know, yeah, like that's what there. it is. Like it's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a very uncomfortable. Yeah. I like that, that word uncomfortable because it's like one minute there's like this intense workout going on and you're cooling down and, I, and I'm <laughs> taking notes on how to do a stretch. And the next thing I know, it's a close up on your face and there's a tiny hand sliding over your cheek, poking mm-hmm. your nose.
1: Yeah. Yeah, man. Absolutely. I mean, that kind of came from, I don't know. Um. If you follow, uh, if you follow Dairy, so she's Dallas DSG on Instagram. Back two years ago, she did the tiny hand thing, right? And I thought it was freaking hilarious. I was like, whatever. And it kind of died out over time, you know? And then, because I, I always thought it was funny. And I'm like, I'm not going to go buy a tiny hand. That's like, you're going to order tiny hands on Amazon. It's weird. So I, I went to a party uh, two months ago. At a bar, and their one of their party favors was tiny hands, and obviously I got drunk and had a good time and lived my life, and I woke up the next morning and I'm like looking through my jeans and stuff, and I reach in my pocket and there's a tiny hand, and I I immediately just started laughing. I was like, this is the funniest thing ever. It's 7 a.m. I'm hungover, and I just started like walking around filming it, like messing with my dogs and like, you know, rubbing my coffee pot and then putting it to like ultra sexual r oh, yeah. jams and people started like responding to it They're like dude this is so funny it's funny because you know tiny hand's naughty i'm like yeah tiny hand he's very naughty and horny that's just how he is you know and uh i just it's weird because i keep it in my truck now and i like Take it with me. It's so strange. I I have a problem. Yeah, I was going to say. I, I
0: feel like it's um, it's but... <laughs> it, we're going down this weird rabbit hole now, man. Of 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 maybe maybe there maybe you need to take the tiny hand with you to talk to someone. Like maybe 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 you <laughs> oh, yeah. and the tiny hand need couples counseling of some kind. Like uh I yeah, I mean, man. but I I I, I yeah. think. <laughs> that said, I, I think but I think it's another one of the ways that like your personality, you know, shines through on your page. And, and one thing I will say to you, you know, whether you believe this or not, um, there was a big dip in the, the algorithm at the beginning of March, you know, that affected. I think a lot of people, a lot of people went through what you went through. So don't worry, people, okay. people know you're out there, man. Like, I think they're, you know, in, you know yeah. and I, I think but I, I and I I want people to know, like, you're really I think you are doing a lot to show because right now it's a challenging time. Like that's one of the things I, I do want to talk about, like, is we're in this place. Like you, you've made it clear that you feel trapped in the house at times when you want to go out and pet people's dogs. Um, and, mm-hmm, absolutely. you know, we're going through this crazy kind of virus quarantine time. Like, but you're, you're still getting your workouts in. you're still paying attention to your, your nutrition. Like what is, what has been the impact on you of, of the changes during this time?
1: The, the biggest impact was, the first thing I thought was I was afraid. I was like, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna get late. I'm very reliant on the gym. I'm very reliant on my routine and my regimen. And I was like, okay, I've been doing this for a year. Now, the things that I'm depending on is gone. What am I gonna do? So the day before they announced they announced that the gyms are closing, I went to Dick Sporting Goods and I bought 300 bucks worth of stuff. I bought a, I bought two kettlebells. I bought couple sets of dumbbells, a workout ball, a couple rubber band things, and a sauna vest. No, I bought the sauna vest at Walmart. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do it at home. But how I'm going to do it at home is the only way I'm going to be accountable is if I record it. And I did not want to do that because I don't care how good a shape you're in. Everybody has those angles and those sides of them that they hate. (laughs) You know, so like, I was like, okay, I can't, you can't, you can't pose in a video. The video is the video. But people are going to see the jigglies and the, the angles that you don't want to see. So it took some, it took some like, you know, coaxing of myself. to Like say, I'm going to record it. I recorded the first one. I got a great response. Of people were like, dude, I just did this workout. I was sweating my butt off. Thank you. I was like, well, there's going to be another one tomorrow. I'm going to do one every day or every day I work out, which is five days a week. And I'm going to record it. Um, and it's helped me accountable. It really has.
0: No, that's that's an awesome way to kind of not just help other people, like you said, but to help yourself stay on track and to know that, like, no matter what is going on in the outside world, that like you're maintaining that structure for yourself. Um, Like and you did catch me the other day when you started with the you're not going to record your video, you're not going to record your workout today. And I was like, oh, I'm like, I hope he's okay." And then the next slide, you're you're doing your workout. And so like it just just know you faked me out there for a minute.
1: No, it, 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 the thing is that was real and I didn't want to post that because I was like, I, ch- I have a little button because I have a tripod and a ring light. I went and did the whole thing, you know, and I, 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 started the recording and what I do is I record the entire set, the session, and then I edit it down for Instagram, like into like 30 or 45 second clips and then, you know, three slides per workout or whatever. So I started recording and I literally just stood there for like four minutes And just like, I just, I was even texting a friend. I was like, man, I have people asking me about these workouts. And I'm not saying hundreds of people. I'm talking like two people. Like, man, you're gonna post a workout today. What are you doing? And I was like, the last thing I want to do right now is film this workout and put it on Instagram. I don't want to put clothes on. I don't want to pretend to be happy. I just want to have a moment. And I posted that. I was like, guys, I'm not posting this today. And if you watched it live, you realize that there was there was about an hour between that first post and the actual post where I started posting the workouts. So it was real, you know, and it did take a lot of people out. They're like, oh, you got me. I'm like, it was real. I was actually like having a breakdown in that that video. And um, um yeah. But I'm I'm glad I did. That workout meant a lot to me. I worked my butt off. I sweat so much during that one. And uh it was I'm glad I pushed through
0: for real. No, I think that makes sense, Ben. And, and I think there's, there's been a lot, obviously been a lot of things that, you know, you've pushed through on the, this journey of yours, like thinking about, you know, where you started and where you are now, like, you know, 428.8 to today, what is it? 270.4? Was, was, was it 270? Yeah, Okay. Yep.
1: I think it's 270.4 okay. this morning. So
0: thinking about like this whole road you've been on, like, what do you think are the biggest lessons that you've learned?
1: Um, one of the biggest lessons I've learned through the last year is just nutrition wise is how important a caloric deficit is when losing weight, when you're obese. Um, that's something that I've, I really struggled with before, but now I figured it out. I figured out how to eat and what to eat to make my body respond. Because even though you have weight loss surgery, It doesn't mean you're going to lose a lot of weight, your body, you have to figure it out and it's tricky. Um, You know, I went through a period of two or three months where I'm sure you've seen the power crunch bars, the peanut butter cream. Okay. To someone that has weight loss surgery, those are like sex. They're the best thing ever because you can eat them. Your stomach doesn't hurt and they taste amazing and you can eat as you can eat two of them in a row and that's, you know, whatever, they're 200 calories a pop before you know it, you have six to six of them in a day. And that's, I went through a weird period where I started doing that. So I had to figure out how to get rid of even those weird little habits of overeating quote unquote healthy food and taking it back to caloric deficit. That was my biggest lesson with food.
0: I think that make I think that makes sense. And One of the things I did want to talk about with your surgery, like we've been talking for a while, but like one of the things I do want to talk about, like I'd like to hear from you, because I appreciate your candor about, you know, knowing how you felt after you had it, you know, and even your hesitancy to get into that process to begin with. Like, what do you think are the things that someone who's out there who is considering weight loss surgery needs to think about?
1: I think that they need to, one, go to a bariatric center. I think that they should really think of the repercussions of this is a lifelong decision. This is not something you can change. Once your stomach is ripped out of a tiny hole in your body, it's gone. And the, the pouch will calm down over time and, and start to, I don't want to use the word stretch because it, it doesn't stretch a lot. You can just, you can handle different foods because it's, it's it's healed and it's not swollen and stuff like that. But <clears throat> it's a, it's a major, major decision. It should be a 100% last resort for you. You should try and figure it out before you do it. Do everything you can. If you're, cause you don't know if your body responds really well to keto and you lose 200 pounds like you or more do that, <laughs> you know, um, because weight loss surgery is not for everybody and it's not an easy way out. It's a lot of work. It's a mind F and um, and it's very, very, very expensive.
0: <laughs> yeah. There is that so, too. There is that to consider.
1: Yeah. Cause I have really good insurance, but my insurance, I, I wasn't at, even though I was 428 pounds, I'm six foot four. So my BMI was never extremely high to where like your insurance would say, okay, we're just going to cover it because some people get the whole thing covered you know i paid almost 10 grand for mine um and that was not only a major life decision but a financial decision too you know so
0: no and i think those are great questions for people because i think you know i i've talked you know there i think there are some people that you know i we all we all fall in love with the the tool that helps us change our lives like i think we all you know see it as the best thing that there is out there and i think that's a realistic perspective to say it's the same thing like When I don't push keto on guests on the show, I get I get hate messages from people that are like, why aren't you why aren't you telling them to go keto? You know, clearly they're struggling with the X, Y and Z that they're doing. Like, why aren't you telling them to do this? And I'm like, because I know that the thing that worked for me isn't the thing that's going to be the best for everyone. And I don't want to sound like that person that just says it's my way or the highway. Like, I, I think it's really important, like you said, to know that you're in a place where this is what you should be doing, you know, to really feel to feel like you've, because let's be realistic, you know, like you, you you've put it pretty graphically a couple of times. Like you're, you're not just changing what you're eating. You're changing the physiology of your body. You know, you're a lot, you're allowing like you're. it's surgery, it's surgery. It's inv- It can be done easy. You know, it can be done laparoscopically now for a lot of people and that's not as invasive as being cut open, but you're, you're changing something, you know, fundamental about your body. So no, go into that and honor that experience because you You know, honor your body. You know, you're 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 doing this because you want to help your body, not because you want it to be just like an easier way to do something like you need. Like you said, you and everyone I've talked to that's been successful and has been maintained success with weight loss surgery has been those people like yourself that are saying, you know, it is work and you need to be able to put that work in, you know, and you need to be able to kind of keep that focus and find those tools that you need. And like, so I think that's really important and it's a good way to put it.
1: Yeah, I mean, and, you know, as of recently, <clears throat> especially since I started posting more, you know, shirtless pics or whatever of myself showing my body, I've, I've, there's a thing out there and it's weight loss surgery shaming. You don't, I don't know if you know about this, but, and it's, you're shamed by people in the weight loss surgery community for not telling everybody in the world that you had weight loss surgery because if you go on my page right now I don't advertise to the world that I had weight loss surgery. I don't put on there, you know, VSG this date. My page is very simple. But if you look in like the hashtags on my page I put in there WLS community, VSG because I'm not ashamed of it, but I don't feel like that should be the number one determining factor of why people would say I got results. Yes, I have results because I I went into a caloric deficit that was you know, pretty much forced by a weight loss surgery, but man, I work my butt off every day. I lift hard. I I push myself. You know, and I I don't feel like it it needs to be shoved in everybody's face. And I've gotten messages like, actually, I had <laughs> recently I had I had some lady I don't know who it was. She decided to go on every single one of my posts, one after another. And anybody that commented like a Hey, great job, man! You look great. She would comment under them like he had weight loss surgery. <laughs> and I was like, dang, like that's that's not all. I mean, yeah, I have that, but it's not like I'm hiding it, you know. But that's a that's a thing. So, you know, people. No, go ahead. Oh, it's yeah. out there. No, no, it,
0: it like I think it is because also like I know I've run into a lot lately. Like I've had some of my posts kind of hit and go big on the the algorithm, you know, and so get and. Instead of just getting in front of my audience, like getting in front of like, you know, 75,000, 80,000 people, whatever. And that's when I know I'm going to start getting comments and, and DMs like, you clearly had weight loss surgery. Why aren't you admitting it? You know, you must have had weight loss surgery. Why aren't you, you know, just tell everyone that you did it. And I'm like, I didn't. If I did, I wouldn't be ashamed to say it. Like, you know, but I didn't, you know, so I have plenty of friends that did. You know, I know plenty of people that have and have done great, and I don't think there's any shame in it. But like you said, like I, I think, and it's the same way, like I, I, there are times where people, you know, I, people want to say to me, like, you know, did you do, cause I, there's a lot of people in the keto community, you know, not a lot, but there's people in the keto community that want to say, calories don't matter, you know, calories don't count. Just eat a ketogenic diet and you're going to lose weight. And they put that on people. And then I get DMs from people that are like, You know, keto's not working for me. I'm gaining weight. And I'm like, well, what is your calorie level at? Well, I don't count calories because you're not supposed to. And I'm like, well, you have to understand that keto, because the thing that keto does, and this is my opinion, and I know even some of my friends will get mad at my, when I talk about this opinion, like keto allows you to get into a caloric deficit. It makes it easier, especially you're someone who has like a carb addiction or, you know, has trouble with those kind of foods. Like it allows you to reduce your calories so you can lose weight. And there are some people, That don't ever have to count a calorie because the effect of eating that way causes them to be in the level of restriction they need to be in. But then there are people like me that eventually realize that I can binge on keto foods and put on weight, so I have to track my macros and track my calories, and I you know I have to make sure that I'm in that deficit so that I can reach the places that I want to reach. And I think it's just important to realize that no matter what tool we use, you know, at the end, like you were saying, at the end of the day, it's all going to come back down to that same exact thing. You know, you have to be taking in less calories than your body needs to burn that fat that's on your body. you know it just it's it's a fundamental thing that's there and however you get there, you're gonna get there if you're, if you're successful. Like whether you do it by tracking every gram or you do it by weight loss surgery or if you do it by changing just to eating a carnivore diet or a vegan diet or whatever you do, that's how you need to get there And they, and are there some people out there blessed with metabolisms that they' they're, you know their TDE is like so high that they can just eat whatever the heck they want and they're gonna lose weight. Sure. But they're, they're, they're the, they're the exception. They're the exception and they're not the norm. You know, if you're the norm at some point, you're going to have to think about how much food you're taking in and you're going to have to pay attention to it. And it just is what it is and be okay with it.
1: And if you want more food, work harder, right burn more calories. And, and no, <laughs> can eat more and you and burn know more. that
0: you're like, and yeah, I mean, like, I feel like we could talk for another hour just about calories and about, you know, how people's attitude towards all of that, um, but mm-hmm. I think, like like yep. you're saying, just at the end of the day, know that the tool you're using is right for you, and take it seriously, whatever that is.
1: Yep, I agree. Couldn't agree there more, we go, man. Justin.
0: So, Justin, we I, I really appreciate you sharing your story tonight. Is are there any facets of your journey that we haven't gotten to talk about that you wanted to share with the audience?
1: Um, not really, man. I mean, you did a great job. Lots of good questions. Um, not really. I feel like. I feel like it's, this episode is going to be a really good insight of who I am and um, what I'm about. So I appreciate definitely. It. I,
0: I I'm was happy that you were willing, you know, to to jump on and, and and set this up and and bring people into, if only to help explain to people what's going on with the tiny hand. Um, that really was my that yeah that literally <laughs> yeah. was my number one goal. I think with the I'm like oh wow he's had he's had this great weight loss journey that's awesome, but I need to know what's going on with the hand. Um, so I feel, I feel satisfied with what we've talked about. Like I, I you know, Love I think that. that's, I can't wait to see what comes next. And also I'm uh, afraid to see
1: what comes next at the same time. You know, I think there's a little bit of both.
0: It's going oh, to man.
1: I, Buckle I, in, hold tight. It's only I, the beginning. I, 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 I
0: honestly, I honestly <laughs> don't doubt that, man. I, I, I don't, I don't doubt that for a second. So Justin, I end every episode with questions. I call the fat guy five. Are you ready for your run through?
1: absolutely man okay here we go so
0: justin first question living or dead can you tell us who your favorite fat guy is
1: (sighs) john candy there we
0: go any any particular reason
1: uh uncle buff man it's one of my one of my favorite movies i mean i grew up but i grew up in that era with my dad making me watch those types of movies so i love them. and who and Always what will.
0: fat kid didn't watch that movie and think about having someone come and make a giant pancake for them someday?
1: Oh, dude, absolutely! Like I, I
0: you know, I, th- I think I, I think <laughs> I watched that scene over and over, and I was like, "How can I figure out making that pancake?" Like anyway, like we could talk about pancakes for an hour probably, so we won't. We'll move on. Question number two, Justin. Thinking back to your bigger days, thinking back to four twenty-eight point eight, what was your quintessential fat guy meal?
1: Pizza. Lots and lots and lots of pizza. <laughs> that's the one thing that it's my trigger food. It's my happy food. And thank the Lord that I figured out how to eat a healthier style of pizza with like cauliflower and whatever. But that's stuffed crust pepperoni from Pizza Hut. There we go, man.
0: Question number three. Justin, thinking about, you know, pe- we've you've shared a lot tonight about like How your journey got started and and what it took for you to get through this process. But what is your number one piece of advice for someone out there, for a dude listening who wants to get his journey started?
1: Don't wait. Do it now. Don't wait because life is short and um, life is too short to not be happy with who you are and what you are. So start now.
0: I like it. I like it.
1: Question number four Justin, thinking
0: about. Books, YouTube channels, podcasts, all those kind of resources. What is so, your number one recommendation for someone that is looking for motivation?
1: I love, so I, I don't, I, this is not necessarily weight loss related, but I, I'm sure, do you know who Lewis Howes oh, yeah. is?
0: Oh, yeah, for sure.
1: So I love, 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 love his Five Minute Fridays. Um, it's something that, If you're not someone that has a a long attention span, because not everybody can sit and knock out a two-hour podcast. I can. I'm a podcast junkie. But he has this thing called Five Minute Fridays. He just gives you these knowledge bombs of like hard-hitting, real-life, factual motivation stuff that's in five minutes or less. And you can take it and like hit your weekend hard and use that motivation. So I recommend that.
0: Question number five, Justin. Last question of the night for you, man. What is one goal you have for the next year that is not weight loss, health or fitness related?
1: Wow. That's, that's big, man. Not weight loss, health, fitness related. Just to, to take advantage of relationships and, and really start to develop relationships after weight loss. Like, start to just you know be a better friend be a better husband be a better son you know being more active just doing things for people helping people and just being a better being more of an asset to people that's probably my number one thing
0: that's a great goal man i think it's a great one so and i have no doubts that you'll you'll apply the same intensity that you do to your your tiktok dances that you do to reaching that goal
1: absolutely there we man. go man i did one this morning and it uh, got weird. I promise you, it was seven a.m. in my kitchen. I believe it. I be- I believe it. I believe
0: it, and we'll, I'm sure we'll. There's there's many more for us all to see. So, Justin, if anyone out there does want to connect with you, why don't you give them your Instagram? And if you want to give them your TikTok, you can do that as well.
1: Absolutely. On Instagram, it's Fluffy Guy Fitness, all one word. And on TikTok, it's Senior Fluffy Guy. There we go. You can't. I mean, that's it. Come check me out
0: links in the show notes. I'll do my best to remember to put the TikTok link in the show notes as well. Thanks
1: for me. Appreciate it. We'll
0: see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But I'm sure there's going to be some people out there that are going to want to talk to you. And heck, I mean, right now with everyone, if you're at home, honestly, and you're looking for some solid, you know, at home workout tips with what you can do and even just. Like, I think the fact that you dive into, like, you know, your warm ups and your cool downs, I think is really great. And I think it's something that, you know, is easily accessible for people. So go and check out Justin's page and, you know, give him a shout. Let him know that you heard about him on the on the podcast and let him know uh, that you're watching. So, Justin, I just want to say thank you one more time. I really appreciate your time coming on the show.
1: You're welcome, brother. Thank you for having me. I, I, it means a lot. I've been looking forward to it. So this is awesome. Awesome. Well,
0: everyone, you can also find me not on the TikTok, but you can on Instagram at Gourmet underscore goes underscore keto. Don't worry. There is no dancing or tiny hands on my page. Uh, yeah, and <laughs> you never know. You never you never. Uh, maybe I'll do a tiny foot thing. I don't know. I know uh, I love you know, that. I got to sw- I got to switch it. I got to switch it up. I gotta switch it up. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at Gormy_Goes_Keto, goes keto. And you can also email the show at the fat guy form at gmail dot com. Remember, if you're listening on an iTunes enabled device, please give the show a rating and a review that helps get us in front of more people and the more people that get to hear stories like Justin's, I think the better. So my friends, no matter what's going on in your world right now, because there's a lot of chaos out there, please try to do something every day to amaze yourself because you, my friends, are amazing people and then come back and get ready for another amazing dude on the Fat Guy Forum.